Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Tag Talk. My name is Kylie, this is Haley, and we have kind of a special episode for you today. So we've been putting out polls, we've been asking questions, we wanted to know what you guys wanted to see, and by far the most requested thing was FTR. Anything FTR, FTR career, you know, overview, FTR match reviews, FTR is hot right now. And so we give the people what they want here at Tag Talk. So this is the special edition this is our FTR episode. We don't really have a plan for this. We're just going to feel it out and we're, we're, we're going to make it happen. <laughs> Haley, are you excited? As, as, a, as a Young Bucks number one fan, is Haley excited? You know, I'm very excited. And I know I was texting you and I was like, I feel like you're going to be surprised by some of my opinions as a Young Bucks fan. Um, I shocked myself, but, <laughs> you know. It's going to be great. I'm excited. FTR is my second favorite tag team. Controversial. Mine's the other way, but it's okay. It's see yin and yang. I will will say, I went back and I watched a lot of their WWE stuff. And you know what? The Revival is underrated. And I feel like we're going to talk about that. So to keep us on track, uh, we're going to do this kind of, like a timeline. We're going to follow their careers. We're just going to do the best we can to keep it focused on FTR and not go off on tangents. Um, but I think, I think you guys would enjoy that anyway. So let's start at the very beginning. We have July, 2014, the revival debuts in NXT. Um, they weren't called the revival and they went by a few names before they became the revival, but Humble beginnings for these two. Uh, I was watching some interviews trying to get their story. And because at the in 2014, I was not a Revival fan, as shocking as that might seem. Um, and basically, Dax was in NXT before Cash. Mm-hmm. And then Cash came to NXT and it was like instant chemistry. And I just love a good tag team like that. So, Haley, I, I want my first impression was, eh, what was your first impression of the team that would become the Revival? My first impression was also, eh. Um, I just feel that their debut for me was really flat, especially because, debut, especially because they lost, but they had a good comeback. They had a good comeback. Um, I believe it was, um, no, because they had a match in October, I think. And then that was the last time they were ever seen on TV. And then they came back, what, nine months later? What, a year after Mm -hmm. their debut? Um, and they were, were they still going by, uh, they weren't the Revival yet, right? No, so, I think it was after their first title win, they became Dash and Dawson. Oh, yeah, the and then the Revival. Yeah. yeah. So, not off to a great start here, but we'll get to the FTR, you know, gushing and the praise in a little bit. Um. They debuted on TV in 2015, got their first win over Enzo Amore and Colin Cassidy, which if you weren't watching NXT back then, that was a big deal because Enzo Amore was kind of a big deal. Yeah. Uh, of course, he's not in, in WWE now, but back then, it was a different time, guys. It was a different time. So November 11th, 2015, the Revival defeat the Villains to become NXT Tag Team Champions. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to go back and watch this match. I did. But I I was a lot more impressed now than I was then mm-hmm. seeing this. And 
I thought this was just a great way to start their first NXT title run. And I thought, you know, the Vaughn villains, as, as much as people, you know, like to complain about those two, I think, I think their role in this match was incredible. I think this is when the revival became the revival. I have to agree. The Vaughn villains were never really my favorite, but I think that for the purpose of kind of igniting this first like big feud for them, I think it was perfect and Mm -hmm. I think it matched really well together. Yeah, and I think if this match didn't happen or if it happened maybe in a different way and, you know, the revival didn't get as much, you know, team offense in as they did in this match, I don't think we get, you know, you know, we'll get to this later the classic with American Alpha or DIY or later on. I think this was a true test for, you know, Dash and Dawson, the revival. And I don't know. I was just really, really pleased with it. And so they became two-time NXT Tag Team Champions. They defeated American Alpha at NXT TakeOver, the end. Um, I believe they were the first team to do it twice, weren't they? Um, I think so, but... Comment below if you know if they're the first team to do it twice, because I'm pretty sure they were the first team to do it twice. But either way, I think this match is the most underrated NXT classic, or maybe classic tag team match, any of those, probably of this generation. Uh, I remember having very fond memories of this match, and I remember... Uh, being very impressed at the creativity these two teams had. And then re-watching this match for this episode, I was blown away. Because keep in mind, this was a long time ago, and I expected, you know, maybe some sloppiness, maybe some, you know, lack of fluidity. But I don't know. These four guys, just wrestling geniuses. Did you re-watch this match? I did. And I you did. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's one of my favorite matches too. And something that I um, love about both teams is that they really balance each other out really well. It's one of my favorite NXT feuds. Um, and the match at NXT Takeover, uh, the end in particular, is one of my favorite matches ever. Um, I thought it was a perfect blend of like that classic kind of like chain wrestling mixed with that like modern ingenuity um that we don't or that we're seeing more now um but at the time like i don't know i just think i feel like american alpha is also underrated um in a way and they aren't often looked at as like a classic style tag team but this match honestly reminds me of like uh older like nwa matches and i just i really love it so I have to I have to give my props to this feud because I feel like um, when we get to this era of NXT, this is where NXT is really starting to get going. And we're getting a lot of the classics that we know and love. And I think tag team wrestling in NXT at this point in time was far superior than it was on the main roster. And I think maybe a controversial opinion. I think it still is even in NXT 2.0. And I mean... I mean, I mean, listen, I'm, I've, it's no secret if you watch anything that I'm in. I'm not a big NXT 2.0 fan. But when I went to that live event, Haley, I was into it. I was into the tag teams and the Creed brothers and the other two. I'm sorry, I don't remember who they are. But 
I was into it. And I think NXT really owes a lot of their success, you know, leading up to the 2.0 reboot, to tag team wrestling, to the revival in American Alpha. And we'll get to it, DIY, and later on Undisputed Era. I think, I don't know, I think NXT really built its base on this and putting on just absolutely insane matches. And I'm just... I'm just sad that it's that's not there anymore. But listen, listen. And I this is it was a long-winded way to get to this question, Haley. The American Alpha feud and the DIY feud, which um the revival would win their second NXT tag team uh championships from DIY. So if you look back at the American Alpha match and the two out of three falls DIY match, which one is your favorite? <laughs> I'm going to go with the two out of three pinfalls match. I just think, really? You wouldn't say that? Well, I would say that, but I didn't expect you to say that. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Well, the American Alpha match seems much more your, uh, like what you like in wrestling. It's much more your style. The DIY match is very, in my opinion, like slower and more methodical than the American Alpha match. But, you know, I'm always ready to be surprised. Lay it out for me. I told you I was going to shock you. (laughs) Yeah. So for me, I would say I like the two out of three false DIY match more. But I think I like the pairing uh, in terms of like a story and a feud of American Alpha and the Revival more. I I think all the teams work great together. But there's just something so special about seeing wrestlers like the Revival who have this sort of old school style offense, um, very classic, squaring up with guys like American Alpha who are, you know, have an Amer- an amateur wrestling style. Mm-hmm. They're sort of a little uh, a little more showy, a l- little less gritty, but no less, you know, chaotic and violent. I don't know. There's just something special there. No, I definitely agree. They were one of my favorite feuds. Yeah, so let us know, DIY or American Alpha. I pretty, I'm pretty sure I did a poll on this, actually. Uh, maybe someone can remember. But I asked, what was your favorite, you know, FTR feud? And I'm pretty sure it was Young Bucks. But we need to know, American Alpha or DIY. So then we have them on Raw beating Bobby Roode and Chad Gable in 2019. So the revival made their transition to the main roster, and I feel like this is where we start to get a little bit negative. And um, I'm not trying to be negative here, but listen, when the revi- by this point in time, I'm full in on the revival. Yeah, I really am. I they've won me over the American Alpha DIY feuds, incredible. And they go to the main roster, and you know it's no surprise to people watching this tag when team you wrestling the main or- roster. You go there to die. Yeah, especially, yeah, especially if you're a tag team. I feel Mm -hmm. like there's like DOA, no sign of life. (laughs) Just for for most of them, there are some tag teams on the main roster who do have good runs. Yeah, at the Uthlas and the New Day and their endless feud. But uh, they they come up, they become Raw tag team champions. They beat Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, who are incredible wrestlers. Both of them. I don't. I'm. I'm not a fan of the Roode and Gable pairing, but. Also, apologies if you hear the thunderstorm that's happening outside. We're, I'm here for you guys through a storm. That's how much I love FTR. Yeah. But 
anyway, um, my, I was afraid of their debut on the main roster. And I'm really, in 2019, Haley and I were not friends. So I need to know what Haley's thoughts are on this, this main roster debut. Well, I feel like they were so dominant in NXT. And I was like, oh, it's going to transfer over well. Like, I feel like they fit perfectly with, like, you know, like, Vince's whole, like, thing. But they are a tag team. And like we said, oftentimes things go to the main roster to die. Um, I was excited when they won the titles. Um, but that was quickly proven to be a mistake because they were losing a lot of their non-title matches, which... Yeah. In my opinion, I feel like if you have a tag team, like you should, and they're like the face of your tag division, they should be winning their matches, not losing them all the time. But that's just me. That's just me. No, I definitely agree. I had, I had much of the same feelings and it almost feels like the Raw and SmackDown tag team titles are just like, they're just a prop that they just give to people. I feel like and I feel like. Yeah, I feel like nobody really gains a lot from being the tag team champions, at, at least from my perspective. And I think the titles change off hands so often. I think the Revival's title reigns in WWE were like 50 days, 40 very days. Short, yeah. Very short reigns, uh, which to be fair, their first AW reign was only a couple months. So it is a little, it is, will be fair. Um, but I don't know. And I started to see them get lost in the shuffle towards the end of this first uh, tag team title run on the main roster. When I, and I don't know what was going on. I don't know who's doing what, I don't know what's going on with creative, but it almost felt like they were an afterthought even when they were champions Mm -hmm. to other tag teams. And that just blows my mind because you could so easily make them a big deal on the main roster with these other tag teams who are already a big deal, like the Usos. And it didn't happen. So then we still in 2019, um, they became raw tag team champions. Again, they had lost the titles at WrestleMania, the WrestleMania pre-show to Hawkins and Ryder, which was a great moment. Mm-hmm. I did like that. Cause if you guys think back, Hawkins had been like on a losing streak. Yeah. It was a whole story. It was a big thing. He got his first win, Raw Tag Team Champions. Um, their reigns did not – I don't think they did much of anything. They they weren't champs for long, and now neither of them are there. Um, but this match, I'll admit, I thought this match was good. Maybe that's controversial. No, I thought it was good too. But for me, like, I just felt like this whole, like, second reign almost felt like a punishment in the way – in a way for them. Yeah. Um, just because of everything that was going on at this time, I I don't know. They always put on great matches and everything, but it just you know. I just felt yeah, like he was being a bit petty. And I think um twenty nineteen was an interesting year for wrestling. If we look beyond WWE, we have, you know, um all in, the rise of the elite, all the great things the elite are doing. And I feel like and, you know, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, but it would be hard for me if I was a wrestler in WWE and I'm really struggling to gain my footing to see these guys doing these great, incredible things. And I can't be part of them uh, because, you know, I have no doubt WWE, if they had let their talent do things on the indies, it would have been incredible, but we're never going to get it. Um, 
And I don't know. I just feel like it's hard to be a tag team wrestler in WWE as it is. It's even harder to see the Young Bucks doing Young Bucks things. And, you know, we get the one day the revival and the Young Bucks will wrestle and the world will rejoice. We get the tweets. They have a feud. You have FTR, fuck the revival on uh, on being the elite. And it's all over Twitter and it's doing all these things. And, like, FTR is just there, just like, hi, we're going to wrestle the Usos again. We lost our titles to Hawkins and Ryder. And I don't know. It's like a slap in the face. And, you know, there's all these stories of, you know, Vince likes guys who are, you know, 6'5 and, you know, super muscular and vascular like Batista and all this stuff. And, you know, you have the Revival who are not 6'5. They're just average-sized guys. They have Southern accents, which I relate as a redneck. You got to hide it. <laughs> not the redneck. I, I don't think anybody knows that I'm a redneck. I think I hide it very well. But... I don't know. I feel like at this point, we really start to see the cracks between the relationship between WWE and the Revival. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little sad to see, but I'm glad that it happened because now we get FTR. I agree. So the end of 2019, they become SmackDown Tag Champs again. It's their final run before moving to AEW. Uh, of course, in 2020, their contracts expired. They went to... Uh, no, they got released. They went to AEW, blah, blah, blah. Um, do we want to talk about this Usos feud with the back shaving? Because I feel like we have to address it. I mean, it's part of the timeline. We got to do what we got to do. <laughs> so, but, so by this point, I was not uh, like a regular WWE watcher. I, had, mm-hmm. I was out. That WrestleMania, up until that WrestleMania, that was the last time I watched WWE weekly. And so... I was I just remember and I remember this so vividly because I was so upset. I'm like scrolling through Twitter, minding my own business, and Usi Hot shows up. <laughs> the revival have got Icy Hot, Usi Hot, like in their gear. And they're shaving each other's backs, and the Usos are pranksters. And this was bad for the Usos and FTR. <laughs> and ugh, I I don't want to rant about it because I don't want this to be a negative uh pitchforks at WWE show. But this was just not necessary, and it was not good. Yeah, for me, it's like, how do you have such a long-tenured team in the Usos, and then one of the hottest tag teams in the Revival, how do you just, like, mock them and make a clownery of your tag division like this? Like, I understand, like, you know, it's like sports entertainment. Like, we're more for entertaining than, like, really, like, wrestling. Like, I understand. But was it really necessary? No. No, and, and you know, we did get these reports later on when the revival became FTR, went to AW, um, of gear that Vince McMahon wanted them to wear that was a little embarrassing. <laughs> Maybe a lot embarrassing. It was pretty bad. The Young Bucks made fun of it. It was yeah. That was good. Uh, and then, you know, in interviews that FTR have done, they've talked about, you know, some of the issues they've had in WWE how they felt about maybe creative or, you know, producers in WWE, so on and so forth. And if you want to hear more about that, you can go watch their interviews because I'm not in the business of putting their stories out there. But um, the relationship wasn't great by the end of 2019. And I think it was pretty evident that they were probably going to leave. And them asking for the release in their gear, I think that was a pretty big red flag. And this Usos feud 
it's weird because WWE is kind of known for burying people as much as I hate that word, burying people on their way out or like writing them off with an injury or something like that. But the Usos kind of got dragged down with this too. Like this was not good for the Usos. And I think the Usos are just now starting to recover. Mm-hmm. I think I don't want to get on a tangent about other tag teams, but, but yeah, I agree. I was really about to start going off about the Usos. Then I was like, wait, I remembered. This is about FTR. <laughs> and it sucks because we never really got, like, a proper, proper feud between these two. Like, we look back at NXT. Yeah, and we remember the American Alpha feud. We remember DIY. Like, this could have been on that caliber. And I think people really underestimate the Usos when it comes mm-hmm. to storytelling and being in these feuds. Because they've just feuded with the New Day endlessly for years. Exactly. But this could have been like that, and we never got it, and it blows my mind. Because you have FTR, or The Revival, my apologies, who's publicly feuding with the Young Bucks. Like, they're in WWE, but they've got this feud going with the Young Bucks. And then you have the Usos, who wrestle very similarly to the Young Bucks. They're also brothers. You could have made that work, and they didn't take advantage of it. And that's one of, I think, WWE's biggest missteps with the Revival, is not capitalizing on that that Young Bucks feud with the Usos. I agree. I, I, could, I could do a whole episode just on that. I, Honestly? <laughs> I, would, I would have a PowerPoint. I'd be like, look, the Usos, they do super kicks. So do the Young Bucks. Just make, like, a little Venn diagram. Oh, my goodness. So, what are your final thoughts on the revival in WWE, both NXT and main roster? <laughs> um, again, I think that the revival for me was honestly one of my favorite NXT tag teams, and I feel that they were underrated in my opinion. Um, I preferred it over their main roster run, and I'm just glad that they are doing so much better now, and they've recovered. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's so incredible that they came together as a tag team like they did because they were both singles guys. They didn't, they didn't, they were not a tag team on the indies like so many WWE tag teams are. And I don't know, I just, I just, and I'm probably biased because I'm FGR's like number one fan ever. But their main roster run, it's like, how do you not take advantage of that? Especially when you have, like, again, like, you're rehashing so many of these storylines, like, so often. And then you get, like, fresh meat, so to speak, and then nothing. Like, (laughs) there's so many opportunities that they had to make some incredible matches, and they just didn't. Yeah, so then, WWE, I don't know. I could, I could rant about it for ages and ages. I'm sure people would want me to rant about it for ages and ages. But we have a much better FTR timeline to get to. So, the revival becomes FTR. Haley, as a Young Bucks stand, I need you to get into being the elite and everything that happened with, with you know, F the revival, the Young Bucks. Give it to me. Ugh, well... First of all, I thought this tied in so well when they first debuted with the, like, Kenny and Hangman storyline and then just, like, giving the bucks. Because um, I feel like people were waiting for this match for years, right? And it felt... I just have... I have so many thoughts. I don't know how to, like, 
<laughs> I don't know. Okay, okay, okay. I'll ask you a more specific question okay, so that I'll help you out. When FTR drove in, right? Uh, here, you know what? Let's just get into it. I love it. 2020. FTR debuts in AW on Dynamite. They drove in on their truck, which I think is actually Cash Wheeler's truck. I love Correct that. Wrong someone in the comments. They drive in and they save the Young Bucks from the Butcher and the Blade. Which was, I was surprised by that. I fully expected us to get right into the feud. Yeah, I did too. Um, because these two have had bad blood. Like I mentioned earlier, we had, you know, the F the Revival stuff. We had, you know, the Young Bucks saying that this, that their, the Revival was overrated. We had the Revival saying that, you know, the Young Bucks are just flippy and they do kicks and they just, they're gymnasts instead of wrestlers. What did you, how did you react when the Revival came in? And saved the Young Bucks. As a Young Bucks stan, I need to know. No, I agreed. I thought they were fully going to come in with, like, a can of whoop ass and just, you know, get downright to it. So I was very shocked. Um, But when they started kind of appearing on BTE more and they kind of started aligning with Hangman, I was like, ooh, this feels really methodical. Like, you're picking on, like, the weaker... Like not we- Hangman's not weak, but like you understand what I mean. Like, in terms he was in a bad place. Story. Yeah, he- yeah. <laughs> Hangman was going through it, <laughs> <laughs> and they latched onto that and kind of just capitalized. Um, you know, when they mm-hmm. felt it was right. So I thought this story was really interesting. So I'll recap it a bit for people who maybe forgot or haven't seen it. Um, the revival FTR excuse me, debuts in AW. They yep. save the Young Bucks. They're like, we just want to be your friends. And at this point, Hangman and Kenny were tag champs. Yep. So they're like, we just want to be your friends. Like, And when we do wrestle the Young Bucks, it's going to be when the Young Bucks are healthy because we need to prove that we are better than the Young Bucks. Um, so they start, they start getting in Hangman's head and they're like, well, we're your friends. Like, we know you. Like, we relate to you. We're from, you know, the same region of the United States. Like, we have a similar cultural background. We wrestle kind of similarly. And this really gets in Hangman's head. Mm-hmm. And he costs the Young Bucks a title shot mm-hmm. against Hangman and Kenny. And they were. And, yeah, the Young Bucks, they're still beefing with Hangman over that. That's how you know that they were pissed. And the, the FTR was like, haha, we fooled you. But really, you screwed yourself, Hankman. We just we just pushed you on long. So then, uh, their work FTR is working their way up at AEW. The fans are hating them for what they did to poor Hangman because this is Hangman really on his ascent to stardom. So then we get to All Out in 2020. FTR beats Kenny and Hangman. They become AEW World Tag Team Champions, and this really. The elite starts to crumble apart at this point because that was Hangman's like baby, and it got stolen by the guys who manipulated him and took away his friends and were just horrible to him. And FTR as heel tag team champions, I thought the reign was good; it was short, but this match underrated. I have to say that I think this match. When people look back at FTR tag matches and they look for the best ones, it's Bucks 1, it's Bucks 2, it's Lucha Bros, it's Briscoes. But this one was good. 
And I, I really liked sort of the, um, the psychological element of them messing with Hangman throughout the match. Mm-hmm. I loved that. I need to know, did, did you see this match? When it, when it first, first happened. When it first happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And I agree. And to everything with Kenny too, just going on between Kenny and Hangman and them FTR kind of getting in between that and kind of sending Kenny on like a spiral, like, you know, they were unwinding and. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to talk just about FTR without mentioning the elite at this point, because all their stories are so interconnected. Big part of their story. Um, yeah. FTR was kind of like the reason why the elite collapsed. Like the elite was well on their way to collapse because they had all the drama in new Japan and so on. Uh, if you want us to do an elite episode, <laughs> Let us know. We'll, we'll do it. Haley's ready for it. I, she probably has a secret notebook somewhere with like pages and notes. <laughs> anyway, anyway, back to FTR. Um, I thought this match was underrated. I thought they were so cocky and confident in this match. And then in their title reign, I was like, damn. But we really get the feud with the Young Bucks going again. FTR once again is like, we have to prove we're the best tag team in the world. We have to beat the Young Bucks. That's what we came here to do. We came here for the Young Bucks. So, October 16, they become AAA. Oh, my apologies. I skipped one. September 5th. No, I didn't skip one. I I don't know. I think I've done them out of order. But we get... Yeah, but... We do get FTR versus Young Bucks 1, and later on we'll get FTR versus Young Bucks 2, and we're probably going to get FTR versus Young Bucks 3. But FTR, Young Bucks 1, I think people, I don't know, people still, people just overlook FTR, and I think people overlook this match. Um, I think it's definitely, a, I think it got five stars for Meltzer, something like that. And I think it's definitely fourth, I think. Oh, I love that you just know that off the top of your head. I think I think it did. I don't remember. <laughs> I love that. But uh, either way, uh, we do get FTR versus the Young Bucks. And FTR does lose this first one. Unfortunately, their title reign ends at Full Gear 2020. I think it was Full Gear. Yeah, it was Full Gear 2020. Um what are your okay? So, what are your thoughts on this first title reign? Because I have no doubt they'll get another. And then also, well, I know you're going to be happy about it because of Jung Bucks. No, but also, also, let's review a little bit. Let's get into FTR versus Young Bucks one. So, I thought that they their first title reign was actually really good, and this is going to surprise some people, but I honestly, it started going downhill. Um, when they started feuding with the Bucks. <laughs> and I'm only saying that because I feel like I really wanted them to win this match um, and beat the Bucks. And I know everybody always says, like, oh, like, you know, the Young Bucks buried FTR, whatever. But I feel like if they didn't add the stipulation to this match, like, I would have enjoyed it more. You know what I mean? Because I felt like, yeah. oh... Now the stipulation is added. Obviously, the Bucks are going to win. And then I feel like going into the match, because it was so, like, hyped, everybody was so excited to finally see these guys lock up. Like, I just felt like, in a way, they were trying to do too much. It was still a great match. 
but it just felt a little like overcrowded in a way, in my opinion. Yeah, I thought the finish was really great. And if people maybe don't remember it, um, so they're fighting, they're fighting. Both teams are kind of sticking to their style, their, you know, their fists and their flips, which is just not an accurate representation of these two teams at all, but whatever. And the um, FTR loses. They go for, you know, the splash. They miss. They lose to the Young Bucks. Um, I think I really did enjoy their title reign, but I also agree. I think feuding with the Young Bucks kind of didn't work because the Young Bucks were trying to do that heel turn, and it wasn't really working. Like, they were just beating up Tony Schiavone. Yeah, and people Um, were still cheering them. Like, it just it wasn't. Yeah, well, no, well, no one wants to boo them against FTR because FTR is getting booed. <laughs> it's like we're booing everybody. Um, I think it was too early to do Bucks FTR. I really yeah. do. I felt like they just. I think. It. I think they rushed into it because the pandemic, maybe. Yeah. Um, I thought the match was great. I think the psychology was there. Um, I think FTR did come out of this worse though. Yeah. Um, I think people respected them in ring, but they they really did start to float. For the rest of 2020 and most of 2021, they're in the pinnacle and they're doing stuff. You know, they're mixing it up with MJF and Tully and all those people, but they're not doing anything. And I think that is because of how terrible this Young Bucks angle was. And I'm so glad we ended up getting Young Bucks too. So much better than the first. So back to the timeline. I think we're back on track. My apologies. October 16, 2021, FTR become AAA Tag Team Champions. I was there for this match. You were? It was, in my, it was in Miami, Florida. I was sitting next to a guy who kept yelling at FTR, do a flip! <laughs> do a it flip. Cha- it, was, it was chaotic. If he's watching this, DM me. Let, we got to link up. But FTR, base, base, okay, so the basic story, okay, so the Lucha Bros, uh, F- FTR was kind of like part of the pinnacle and they're kind of mm-hmm. like MGS little henchmen. Yeah. And and um the Lucha Bros were triple A tag team champions. They had a, a tag team match. FTR wins. Hello, it's FTR. They're actually not luchadors. Somehow these Lucha Libre haters are and th- that's an exaggeration. I'm not insulting them. Are the triple A tag team champions. What and I'm glad this happened. I just don't know how this came to be. This felt so out of place for me in terms of FTR's story in AW and in AW in general. I do you agree? Do you disagree with me? I do agree. I I mean, I'm glad that it happened just for the sake of like them collecting belts, but (laughs) I also felt that it was a little lot. And then like, it all happened because Andrade, um, like, paid them to take down the Lucha Bros, right? Like, that was the whole story. Yeah. Because yeah. he was he paid MJF to let him use yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. It just... It, I don't know. And then they came out in their little outfits and they were, like, Las Superanas and I was like, you know, I don't know what this is. And then they just... Like, it was so weird! Out, was like, oh! FTR. <laughs> it, it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> and I, I will say I have enjoyed them as uh, AAA World Tag Team Champions. Mm-hmm. I think that they, I think they get a lot of heat in Mexico. Like, people in Mexico really hate them. I think it's hilarious. Um, Understood. <laughs> but but this match was weird. And I think yeah. 
MJF and Andrade like sh- like paying each other to use it. That's weird. And I know maybe it's because I think the that Andrade is sort of out of place with AW, but that's not the topic that we're talking about. Um, I don't know. I think and looking back, I feel like this is a moment where people are really starting to look at FTR. Not as just like filler in the pinnacle mm-hmm. or like the guys who, you know, came to AEW and really couldn't get it done. I think they're like, oh, so they still are the number one tag team in the world. They really needed that win. Yeah. And so from October to um, April 1st, 2022, FTR sort of starts their ascent and people are really rooting for them. And during this time, FTR starts a feud with the Briscoes. And my FT, my ROH brain, I'll lay it out for you. The Briscoes are ROH legends. They've been there since the beginning. I grew up with the Briscoes. They're Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. Then you have FTR, who are in AW, who are, by this point, they've already started there. We're going to build our legacy story. Of course, you got to wrestle the Briscoes, one of the greatest tag teams of all time. They start feuding, um, as you know, and, you know, as rednecks do, on a farm. Um, and I can say that because food start on the farm, <laughs> on the farm with, with the chickens and the tractors. Um, and, and then April 1st, of course, at Supercard of Honor, FTR does beat the Briscoes. They become Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. Um, they become six star FTR. I know, Haley, you told me earlier that you had thoughts on the Briscoes FTR feud. So I'm just going to give you the floor. Tell us about it. What are you feeling? Well, okay, so when they showed up at Final Battle and they first, like, started teasing this dream match, I was like, ooh, like, because at this time, like, the Briscoes were rumored to, you know, be going to AEW, whatever, so I was like, where is this match going to happen, you know what I mean? So then uh, GCW Hammerstein rolled around, and I was like, ooh, are they going to show up, like, at the end or, like, tease something? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, okay, well, this would be a good time to put them on AEW television. Didn't happen. I'm glad mm-hmm. that they saved it for Super Card of Honor. Um, I feel like this was the perfect way to kind of, like, bolster the new era of Ring of Honor. Um, just, I don't know. I love this match so much. Um, yes. I feel like I have so many thoughts about it. Um, but well, I, I just want, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to talk about the GCW thing for a minute because I had been watching GCW shows that the Briscoes were on and I was waiting for FTR to be there. Not, I don't think the FTR Briscoes would. Yeah. I thought we would get a confrontation. (laughs) We would get maybe, maybe like a video or something. We never did. It was was like, it was like, it was like final battle and then videos on Twitter. And that was it. And it was it was mostly Dax. It really, really was. <laughs> Dax was like, I'm coming for you. I got a knife. I'm ready. And the Briscoes are like, we're on a farm. <laughs> That's basically the feud. It really and it was it was so good. It was. And I think I think people really started to realize that the Briscoes were in this mm-hmm. and they're ready to kill FTR, but Ring of Honor's not there. They don't have a place to do it. And then of course Tony Khan announces. He has bought Ring of Honor, and we're going to do Supercard of Honor. Mm-hmm. And speculation starts swirling. It's got to be FTR. The match gets announced. So let's get to the match, because to me, this is probably my favorite FTR match ever. Yeah. Um, and it has a special place in my heart. 
I've, I've never seen FGR be this violent. I think the number of insane suplex spots in this mm-hmm. match was out of this world. Um, I gave this match like five stars out of five. Uh, it's on my match of the year list. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think FGR was like slowly climbing and this really pushed them over the top. And this is where they start to like, they start to leave the pinnacle. They're doing their baby face turn. We're in the middle of that. And this match was so special because of the story it told. And I agree. And I think with um, FTR as champions now, I think that, you know, they do embody that everything that Ring of Honor is. They have those classic fundamentals. They're an ode to classic tag team wrestling. And I'm just excited to see where they take that division next. I think that they're the best team to help elevate that division um, and really get it off the ground again. Yeah, um, I don't know if we'll ever get the Briscoes in AEW. Um, mm. And there's other reasons for that, which you can look that up yourself. Google. But if we, if both of these teams retire and we never get FTR versus Briscoes again, it would be a shame. That would be, to me, one of the biggest like missteps in pro wrestling is not to run this match again. I thought it was incredible. I think Dax really got to show off his athleticism, which we don't mm-hmm. often get to see because Cash is like always the athletic guy and always the guy who takes the beating and Dax, you know, jumps in. Um, but Cash is sort of like Dax's best friend who's in danger. And we get to see Dax take on that protective role and see him want to save Cash. I love that they have started and not that they didn't do this before, but really emphasizing, this is my best friend, and I'm going to, you know, beat your ass because you beat up my best friend. I love that because now their matches are about more than just the titles. It's about Cash and Dax and the relationship and the bond that they share, which is important because the Briscoes do that too. And I think maybe a lot of people haven't seen the Briscoes, um, but if you go back and you watch the Briscoes and the Young Bucks, the brother sort of dynamic, they were able to do it so easily because they're brothers yeah. and it's very believable. And Dax in this Briscoe's match did an excellent job of making his brotherly bond with cash show on screen. He made it apparent to the fans and I really bought into it. I'm like, Oh, they, they are killing cash. And when he gets that hot tap, Dax is going to go nuts. And that is so important for investment. And I think that's what really put this match over the top. I agree. So then we now they're ROH World Tag Team Champions. They're AAA World Tag Team Champions. They've been number one contenders for the AW World Tag Team titles for forever. a millennia. <laughs> yeah. It feels like it's been forever. And it's crazy to me. I'm sorry to go off on a tangent, but AEW makes the rankings. They do. So if just put FTR lower, and then we wouldn't be having this conversation. But like they always are putting them number one. And it's like, when are we getting the payoff? Like, clocks are ticking. Of course, the Young Bucks are World Tag Team Champions again in AW. So I think maybe we'll get it (coughs) sometime soon. I would love to see it be a winner takes all with, like, four sets of tag team titles between two of the greatest tag teams of all time. I know I would be torn up over that. I know Haley would be, too. But focusing back, uh, June 26, 2022, FTR beat Rapungi Vice, United Empire, to become the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. This is another title that has eluded them because, like we mentioned earlier, 
the revival was formed in WWE. They never had a run outside of it. So all these title reigns, AAA, Ring of Honor, IWGP, our first time title reigns for them. Um, I thought this match was very good. Um, I was a little worried for Dax, though, because apparently it was a dislocation. They popped it back in, whatever. His shoulder was injured. I did love, though, that we got, once again, a callback to the brotherly story. Cash is there. He's getting whooped. He's like, has to tag in Trent because he's getting whooped. And Dax comes storming out, angry as ever, grumpy Uncle Dax, and saves Cash. They win the match. They beat Rapungi Vice. They beat United Empire. Haley, what did you think? We haven't really talked about this, though. What did you think of this match? I really liked it. I was very nervous for Dax as well. I was like, oh, no, like, the match just started. Like, this is, and I was, I was very unsure of how it was going to go, if he was going to come back. But I was so happy to see him flying back out there, taped up shoulder and all, like, tag me in, coach. Oh, my, it was just, I love that match so much. I just realized we totally forgot about FTR versus Young Bucks 2. That was on April 6th. It was five days after Supercard of Honor. Another classic bout. FTR wins that one, of course. So now we need a rubber match. Oh, yeah. We're waiting for this third match. Um, I thought it was better than the first one. Mm-hmm. I thought, I think the Young Bucks are really starting to hit another peak in their career. I think they were in a valley. They're coming back up. Um, I don't know. I just love it when these two are in the ring together. So I think that the Bucks are so used to being, you know, the greatest tag team in the world. Um, but, you know, here comes FTR roughly 18 months after their first match. And they're a team that's so like the antithesis of um, everything that the Bucks are. And now they're like a viable threat to um, them. Um, and it's not that they weren't like top guys or whatever before, but I feel like they see it now. Like they're so much more confident in it and they have, you know, the titles to prove it. They don't need to like showboat like the Bucks do um, because they're in ring ability yeah. and, you know, the titles draped around them speaks for itself. You know, they don't. Yeah. And I think the new music, the new, the new branding, for lack of a better word, yeah. uh, the new baby face FTR is a totally different FTR from the one the Young Bucks faced before. Mm-hmm. And I think we did see a lot of that confusion in this match of the Young Bucks being a little taken aback by this change in FTR. Mm-hmm. And the they don't wrestle drastically different, but there are, you know, they are a little more athletic. I think they are, they take a lot more risks than they did before. I think they've really adapted to like the AEW style well. And I think fans are really behind them. And I think we saw that at Forbidden Door on June 26th uh, with teams when you're in there with, you know, Rapungi Vice and United Empire, who are two different teams, but they neither of them wrestle like FTR. I think hanging with those guys and matching them step for step in different styles, I think that's what really makes FTR so different from most other tag teams. Mm-hmm. I agree. And um, at the press conference after Forbidden Door, I don't know if you have seen that. I don't know if the yeah. people watching this, have, you saw it. Mm-hmm. I was so impressed by Dax's personability. Uh, I've said this a few times on Twitter before, but 2022 has been super, super rough for me. Uh, and FTR is like, my thing, you know, it's like I can get into FTR and then I can just forget about everything else. 
And at that press conference, they were talking about their music. And they were like, oh, we weren't really into it. Like, Tony was really pumped about it. And we were like, this isn't really who we are. But that theme song is incredible. And I think it really embodies this massive transition that FTR has undertaken. The revival to FTR was like a small switch. But here we have what looks like an entirely different tag team. And it shows in their wrestling and the way they walk and the way they interact with each other. It's just incredible to me. And then IWGP World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, I can't wait for them to go to Japan. I'm just, I'm so excited that they're finally getting afforded these opportunities that they weren't because they kind of got scooped up by WWE and, you know. Yeah. So I'm excited for them. What match would you want to see them do in Japan? Ooh. Well, G.O.D. is the obvious one, right? Well, yeah. I don't know. What would you say? Besides G.O.D.? Oh. I don't know. I would love to, I would love to see him in the ring with, with Yano, Toriano. I think, I don't know. I think he's just such a crazy wrestler. I would love to see him and Dax. Just like, I don't even care who's with him. But just Yano, Yano and Dax would just be incredible to me. I don't know. The dynamic there would be so interesting. Um, I don't know. And see, most of the people I want them to wrestle are juniors. Because mm-hmm. I think they do really well with the juniors. Um, not that the Young Bucks are juniors, but the Young Bucks. Um, I'm just excited. I don't know when they're going to Japan or if they're going to Japan. This isn't me confirming anything. Um, I don't know. There's something so... That makes so much sense about FTR in Japan. I think they're, if we look back at like the history of tag team wrestling in Japan, and I don't really want to go off on a tangent on this because I do love Japanese wrestling, but Japanese fans have always been super receptive to these all-star North American tag teams. We look at like the Road Warriors, for example. Um, I don't know. I'm so excited to see them at a Wrestle Kingdom. Like if they go to Wrestle Kingdom this year, uh, I I might have to go to Tokyo. Let's go. I'll get my passport Let's right go. now. Let's go. I'm, I have right here on my desk. Period. I'm ready. Let's go to Tokyo. I totally just realized, listen, we talked about Forbidden Door. Maybe maybe we should wrap this up. We're coming up in an hour. But I have to show off my seven-star tattoo. Just saying. Oh, there we go. I helped her pick it out. That. Yeah, okay. Well, let, I have to tell the story because people watching this are going to be like, um... So at Forbidden Door, I had tweeted, like when FTR was coming out, if FTR becomes seven star FTR, I'll get seven stars tattooed. I didn't think I didn't think anything of it. And then Dax got injured and I was like, oh man, it's never gonna happen. But they did it. And you know what? FTR helped me through some rough times. I can represent them. Seven star FTR. Let's go. So to close, Haley, because I feel like we're starting to, to become frazzled. Uh, we've done an excellent <laughs> job. We've done an excellent job staying on track with this episode. Way better than I thought. Surprising. I am so surprised. We go on so many tangents. <laughs> so I have, well, first off, I need to know your favorite Revival FTR match. It doesn't have to be one we discussed. It could be a different one. And also, I want to know, where do you think they go from here? Are we going straight to the Young Bucks? Are we holding the Young Bucks maybe for Double or Nothing next year? Are we are we shipping them off to Japan? Are they working in Mexico? What are they doing? Um, so it is a match that we talked about. I would say the DIY match is 
honestly my favorite match. Um, second would be the second Young Bucks match. Um, and as for what I think they're up to next, I do think that we're going to get Bucks 3 um, probably at All Out. For storytelling purposes, I would have loved to see it at full gear, but I think the sooner that we get the titles on them, the better. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think we're going to see see title change it all out pretty soon. Yeah, I – my favorite Revival FTR match is the Briscoes. Um, or maybe American Alpha, one of those two. Um, my only thing about um, FTR Young Bucks 3 happening at All Out is that, you know, by all, you know, reports, All Out is going to happen at the Now Arena. The Now Arena is a smaller arena than FTR, FTR, than AEW normally runs for pay-per-views, especially their big pay-per-views. Like, you look at the crowd for Forbidden Door, like, it was like 13,000 or something. Um, I think the Young Bucks FTR 3 is a big match. I think that's a main event match. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we're getting Mox and punk reunification for a while. So if they could push it to full gear, I think that's preferable. I think they do want to rush into it though. Um, but I do think it's going to be weird because we do have the young bucks teasing that reunion with hangman. So I think we're getting into trios and I think hangman is going to take Kenny's role. Because be Kenny fun. is Kenny's MIA. Uh, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> He's out there. And, and now we have House of Black and, you know, Blackpool Combat Club being teased. I think we're getting into trios. And so I'm not sure where Young Bucks FTR would fall if we do get into a trios era and the Young Bucks and Hangman, you know, come together for trios. I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. Either way, I think if we make it all the way to next year's All Out and we haven't had Young Bucks FTR 3. What are we doing? Tony Tony Khan needs to be fired. I'll take his job. <laughs> but I think I think this is FTR on the run of their careers. They were set out. We want to build, you know, our we want to be legends. We want to build our legacy. We want to do everything we've ever wanted to do. And I think they're doing it. I think they're wrestling everyone they wanted to wrestle. They wrestled Rock and Roll Express, which was phenomenal. I don't think you can find it anywhere online. It's like copyright, whatever. If you can find it, though, watch it. I have so much love and respect and admiration for FTR. I hope that showed in this episode. Um, let us know your thoughts on FTR, on the revival, on everything we talked about on the comments below, because I really do want to hear what you guys have to say. Or you can find us on Twitter. Haley, do your plugs. Uh, yeah, you can. Haley, Haley has a new Twitter, by the way. Make I sure do. You tell I, me. I changed. I had to change the at name here because it's different now. I thought it would be easier. Yeah, it's, not, it's, not, it's not that one. Ignore no, that. You gotta fix that. Um, it's this. Um, so you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Haley Ann. Um, and yeah, you can just find all the work that I'm doing over there. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Fuller underscore Kylie. I post a ton about FTR on there. Go she see does. it. You can see me um, on this show, Tag Talk, every Sunday at 5 on Fightful Overbooked. Sometimes we do news. Sometimes we do some other stuff. This was an FTR special. If you have a tag team you'd like, us see, like to see us do a special on, let us know. We'll probably get a Young Buck special at some point. We want to uh, do but, stuff like this. Yes, because this was, this was a joy to plan, and it was so fun to talk about it with Haley. Uh, and it was so great to do this episode for you guys. But if you have another tag team you'd like us to talk about, let us know. 
Uh, you can also see me every Monday at three on the Body Slam Net YouTube channel where we have Code of Honor podcast. We talk all things Ring of Honor. Uh, this past episode was super casual. Um, this will go up the day before that one goes up. So go check that out the next day. Uh, we talked about uh, just some ROH news, some you know early predictions for Death Before Dishonor, which is happening on July 23rd. FTR will be there. And yeah, you could, everything else, follow me on Twitter at Fuller underscore Kylie and you'll see my stuff. Also, um, subscribe to Fightful Overbooked. We have a great team here, lots of great shows. Go check all of them out. Like this video, comment, do all the great things. And yeah, F- FTR. Was, I think this was a great episode. I'm so surprised we kept it under an hour. I was so prepared. I had my iced coffee ready. I was so prepared for the tangents, but I think we did a great job. If we missed anything, make sure to let us know. But I think we hit all the peaks and all the valleys. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening every week. We are still having so much fun doing this podcast, and it's all because of you guys. And we'll see you next week. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.